0: two-person episode so it's total dog shit it's no loss
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we we actually and because we're sitting here we actually cannot blame the other two people who are not here this is all this is just a dan hey everybody uh you're listening to 30 minute worlds mm-hmm. a product solely of daniel kennedy and zachary chessman the sole owners now of the podcast
0: that's right walt is busy uh Lobbying the federal government to let children take switchblades to school and Belvin is setting fire to oil fields in the Ukraine So it's just us this week and uh, here's something. We have a great show for you guys tonight. They've moved on to bigger and better things um,
1: Doing great things for their communities <laughs> and for communities around the world and we are here in uh, in my room Mm-hmm like a
0: couple of assholes. We're live at the the King Studios. We won't give you our real address because I don't know. Some of you might send us something awesome. Yeah, we'd have
1: to jenna marbles at that point. We'd have to. <laughs> we just have to delete ourselves from the internet.
0: We're going to have an unboxing episode. Somebody will send us, like, a, just an atlas, like an Antarctica atlas. That'd be pretty good. Yeah,
1: that's a big that's a big shrug from me. Um,
0: <laughs> Yo, I thought you loved Antarctica, Chessman. That was your favorite place to go. Uh, no, I liked the show where the cute girls
1: doing cute things went to Antarctica. <laughs>
0: it's good we're all susceptible to japanese propaganda here it's okay <laughs>
1: it's a good show i don't know Every, everybody always makes fun of me for you know what i don't need to air my dirty laundry on the podcast um i have no idea how long time has passed now because we we are not including recording in front of a computer i'll set a timer
0: Okay. And all right, we're good. So we'll just discount those first couple of minutes or no, we'll no, no, count no. it. But we'll, we'll, we're counting it. Uh, yeah, it's all part of the process, folks. This is the first yeah. time that we've actually done a sort of real live recording in the same room and not over Discord like anti-social yeah. normal people. Right. And we're keeping all of this. Hashtag everything is content. That's right. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, you've signed up to be unentertained already. Yeah. So it's really your own fault. And
1: if you're concerned because you... Um, because you're listening within the next few years before the events of 2020 and 2021 were deleted from the public record um, because of the the general unpleasantness. Uh, people just wanted to forget that um, we live together. So this is not <laughs> this is not a thing. Don't be worried. Everything's fine. Yeah. You know,
0: We positioned the makers to put our Sisyphus pods next to each other, so after a long day of rolling the boulder up the mountain, we just sit down, get some honest podcasting out of the way. Well, if you're still listening, you know that on this podcast, we make a setting for you, ostensibly in 30 minutes or less, sometimes for D&D, usually not. Uh, and usually we use prompt words, and we have a lad aficionado, but yeah. this is only the second two-man episode, so those rules are all kind of out the window. Yeah, yeah. This is,
1: a, this is a sort of ancient Rome thing. You know, sometimes they had one leader, sometimes they had three,
0: sometimes they have two, and this is the this one where they have two. I don't know <laughs> what they call that. Yeah, is off campaigning in Hibernia, so we've been yeah. appointed by the Senate to save the city. Yeah. Uh, I You know, I had a word that I was going to pick, and
1: I was going to... S- sort of spool it out into something. Um I've been thinking about gothic horror recently. Okay, that's cool. Well, because well, uh, someone used the uh, the phrase gothic horror and they, like, I don't know, like a few months ago, mm-hmm. assuming that I knew what it was because I guess normal people know what gothic horror is and I had no idea. Um, but I assume it has a lot to do with, like, Dracula's Bram like, Stoker, yeah, yeah, and and big organs, and and also small organs that are inside of you. Mm. I assume it's some some like mixture of those things
0: to be distinguished from Southern Gothic, which is creeping kudzu and big marble pillars and uh, a creeping legacy of racism that we won't address because it's scary. Huh? Is H.P. Lovecraft Southern Gothic? Uh, I think Lovecraft Country is Southern Gothic, but I haven't uh, watched that show. Okay. We can work with that. Um, I I'd honestly, I've been thinking a little bit this week, and I don't even really know why, but about, like, the like the Sermon on the Mount, like, the idea of, like, the shining city on the hill, right? Okay. And I feel like you can apply that idea pretty easily to gothic horror as a, like, if that's the tone of the setting, as, like, it can either be as a refuge or as, like, a font of horror, kind of. Okay. Um. Because I'd originally been thinking about it almost as, like, an apocalyptic kind of thing, like, a city built in and out of a mountain that had had, like, the top blown off, basically. Hmm. Maybe I've just been watching too many Dwarf Fortress videos, but...
1: Uh, yeah, Krug Smash, I think that there's, a, there's a few things about um, him terraforming entire mountains... And filling them with vampires, probably.
0: Smash's sport videos are cooler, longer, and go into greater depth than any of our podcasting episodes do. So if you want quality content about tortured dwarves, look him up on YouTube. Yeah, actually, for the rest of this podcast, we're just going to suggest other
1: creators that are better than us that you should be listening to because there's so many. There's just
0: so many. That's right. We got Krug Smash. That's one. We got Bram Stoker. Read a book, maybe. That'd read be good.
1: Book. Yeah. Please read. Or, or listen to books. But L- listening to books is
0: good. Bram is a weird first name. Br- Bram. Like, Stoker makes sense. That's a guy that, like, keeps the fire going. But, uh, Is it short for Abraham? It could be. I don't know. Huh. Okay. So... Gothic, I feel like there's a really strong association with Gothic Horror with vampires, given the fact that I've referenced Dracula like four times. I'd like to avoid that, if yeah. anything. I feel like it's a little played out. Um We could lean into something a little weirder happening. Could be mm-hmm. like an like an extra planar like sort of deal, invading like a normal world mm-hmm. and kind of polluting it. Um mm-hmm. sort of like a bloodborne, like kind of deal moon presence
1: you let the cat in he's gonna yeah. he's gonna yeah come on he's gonna scream come on boss hey boss
0: come inside cat come on
1: he's not gonna he, he might he may just not come in there
0: he goes hey buddy yeah. Yeah, our finally our third co-host joins us hi boss good cat the
1: I kind of I dig that so you've got a sort of Extra planar, not extra, maybe extra planar or extra planetary?
0: Uh, I mean, we've gone to both wells a fair amount at this point, so I'm really okay with either. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, extra planar, so Alien leans more into like a kind of HG Wells sort of horror, like War of the Worlds kind of thing, or planetary would be like that. Planar is more like a Lovecraft thing. Yeah. But actually, the idea of like a gothic horror setting where the horror comes from aliens is actually kind of an interesting idea. Like a Geiger kind of deal.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's um, kind of reminds me of uh, Might and Magic a little bit. with they have sort of—that's uh, a fantasy setting that uh, originated for spoilers, by the way. For like a. F- <laughs> 700 year old game
0: <laughs> series with like nine entries in it from the 90s <laughs> that I'm sure you've all played and love oh yeah by the way everybody go stop listening to the podcast right now and play Might and Magic just go play it uh, or just watch Seth Zinch's video on Might and Magic 9 that'll pretty much get you everything you need
1: yeah um, that's kind of a setting that is fantasy but it was created by aliens essentially or like aliens and like it's, it's a sort of Fallout thing where society used to exist and then everything fell. And, like, it's been so long since that it's, society yeah. existed that it's been rebuilt into something new.
0: Ancient aliens in Heroes of Mind Magic are a little bit like elves in Tolkien or, like, the, the stuff that's even older than elves. Like, there there are, like, spaceships ruined under the earth and stuff like that. And, like, there are, like... Like wands or like laser guns in some places and things like that. So it's kind of a melding right. of the fantastical and the sci-fi.
1: Okay, so going back to our our setting, which is, of course, uh, gothic horror with aliens. But did they come from... Was there a sort of fallout period? Because there could be some stuff there.
0: Like uh, like uh, after the apocalypse. So yeah yeah okay so it could be um, it could be that there was a conflict with the aliens and it ended in some sort of stalemate and maybe they left but the earth was ruined Mm -hmm. and they've returned but they're kind of working behind the scenes to uh, maybe just make the world the world is pretty uninhabitable at this point right so they are exerting their control over the pockets of civilization that still exist on the planet okay we got something there yeah so, okay, here's
1: my idea then. All right. So, uh, when the aliens first arrived and laid waste to um, laid waste to the planet, took what they wanted, and left, it didn't send us back to, like, the Stone Age. It didn't send us that far back. Sure. It sent us back to, like... Eh, Bronze Age is even too early. It sent us back to, like... What, what I want from this is to by the time they come back to be in a sort of Victorian era
0: it, it could send us back to the um like the Edwardian like British mm-hmm. period like mm-hmm. the yeah. pre we don't have like steam power but there's like the idea of a factory exists the idea of inter- right. r- interchangeable parts gunpowder like chemistry as a concept exists I like that we we were a, went a little bit further back from that but I guess that we don't really
1: care about what happened in the intervening we just care that. Yeah, um, there was a calamity, and then now we are at that Edwardian period again. Yeah, as the second attack is coming.
0: I think like electronics are gone. I think if firearms exist, they're relics. They're really hard to maintain. You can't really uh, make new ones probably very easily. Right. If there is anybody that can do it, they probably guard that technology very closely.
1: Oh yeah, that would be worth so much. You it, like having um, firearms. When like a repeating firearm in the Edwardian, <laughs> like like um, we were, I was I was reading up on stuff for the revisit, which uh, the revisit was going to happen uh, today, but it, it's just not gonna.
0: There's a lot of government work, you know. We can't really get into it
1: right now, but you know, you gotta pay your taxes, um, and if you don't. Uh, you gotta be lucky. (laughs) So, you know, not that lucky, you know, 99.9%
0: chance, but, um, I think this podcast could go up against the IRS and do pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think we're, I think we could do as long as we should go to ground, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Under the ground. (laughs) The, um, but I was, uh, I was looking up, uh, Tecumseh, the, the, you know, the, uh,
0: Great Native American leader of the right. 1800s. Who he was trying to make a was it pan-native alliance? Sort of like a Plains Indians alliance. Yeah. In the Midwest in the West. Yeah.
1: I, remember, I forgot where I was going with this.
0: Uh, Something about the revisit. Like there could be a warlord figure on Earth that has sort of cobbled together some of these bastions of humanity and is like the central like power. Yeah. Um. Uh, obviously, the trope for that is usually some sort of nomad that's like very mobile and uh, can use that mobility to overwhelm like settled people. Yeah. So what if like if we're doing it after? The, I think one option is to give this conqueror technological edge, right? Sure. And this could be if we establish him. And his kingdom, that could be like kind of the center of this setting that is now being or this place that is now being revisited by this extraplanetary threat. Mm-hmm. So Um I don't know. cars are a little like played out, maybe? Like what about
1: like some of them have cars? Like they're like the car cons, you might say. Yeah, I that's
0: think. sort of the sort of the thing. Yeah. Um, that I didn't want to go into. What about like, yeah, it because uh, I was thinking like helicopters, but that sort of flies in the face of this like reverse technological. Like I just like the mental image a lot. I, I, I'm just the whirling yeah. or, like gyrocopters. I'm just imagining Dracula hanging out the side of like a Chinook, um, flying over like balloons, London. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But balloons, okay. like um, like weather balloons and shit like that can be... if That's not too crazy to manufacture from like a... You don't need to like do a ton of machining, really. It's just that you need the frame of the ship. You need to be able to get gas and fill it with that. And if these right. mines already exist in this territory, maybe there's a big repository of natural gases on this land. Makes sense. That you could use that as like for scouting, for bombing, for moving small amounts of troops around. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, what you need the, the, it actually is pretty, it's, it's ideal for like a post, um, post fall society because the, all of the actual like machinery that you are making for a balloon is contained, is like, there's very little actual metal that's involved. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's a small enough thing to carry, like, um, if you went down in a—they uh, use they end up being pretty big, but you could have them many tries. I'm imagining, like, you go down in, in enemy territory, and then you are supposed to carry it with you back home. Oh, God. Because it's so valuable.
0: Yeah, or, like, you would, like, make an odyssey to, like, haul it back, basically.
1: Yeah, oh, you, like, bury it. Yeah. So you can't find it, and then they go dig it back up. Because even if they fuck it up, you just want—the metal is so— Good. Like in like a pre, um, like a pre fall, pre fall metal, where they had better, um, steel manufacturing uh, processes, mm-hmm. would be just incredibly good. Like, guarantee somebody would have found like old planes and stuff and turned them into like, uh, swords.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like the rotors on the uh, propellers and shit like that. Yeah. You just have to file them down. It's getting a, it's a little bit fall out there, but like. It's just what people would do, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it could be, like, you know, like, pikes basically carved out of that. And the end of the pike is, like, uh, you have, like, formations of pike and shot. It's, like, the closest to, like, the military, like, innovation of the era. Yeah. And you've got, like, transport and scouting and bombing from that. So, but with that, we have, like, a core territory of, like, survivors, basically, the aftermath of this conflict. Right. Um... So, if we wanted to lean into the gothic horror, gothic horror usually means that the setting's got to be pretty inhospitable. Right. And... Okay, so, yeah, so then I guess what did
1: the aliens do?
0: What if they tried to terraform the planet? Oh. They, like, introduced flora and fauna that have, like, fucked with the ecosystem a lot and it's really inhospitable for the native species now?
1: Right. Oh, because when we always, when we think about terraforming other planets we think about making them more like what humans can survive in Mm -hmm. which just happened to be what the flora and fauna of our planet also survive in we don't have another we don't have anything to compare it against it's entirely possible that aliens would not i mean they'd have to breathe oxygen because otherwise their terraforming it would make it totally inhospitable
0: that could be what makes earth desirable as or the planet uh, desirable as a target for them Mm. is that it is an oxygen rich planet that they can survive on like if they change like the maybe it's something like the percentage of like oxygen or nitrogen in the air is like a little bit uncomfortable for them yeah but they could adjust it and it would be better for them to kind of thrive in that environment
1: oh yeah and it depends on how long it's been because maybe the whole first attack They thought they had totally destroyed us. Yeah. They thought they had totally totally destroyed the humans. And they set set out to start terraforming. And then they left because they can't live there.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah. So it's been hundreds, maybe thousands of years at this point. Probably hundreds makes more sense. Because after thousands of years, if it's pig in thousands of years and we went back to the Edwardian era... (coughs) It's a little bit like, and there's still artifacts from the last world. It's a little hard to believe.
0: What if, uh, so if we're talking about hundreds of years in time scale from the initial war, what if it's a big interstellar empire, but they're trying to colonize a lot of different planets, so they're spreading themselves thin? Right. So they come here, they trounce the pathetic armies of this planet, they think they've raised it of all of our species. Or of the species that live there. And they leave like an observer post. Mm -hmm. So the aliens that are still kind of observing the terraforming of this planet, they don't have the strength necessarily to like move against all of us and just wipe us out. Right. It would be at cost to them. So they have to use other methods of like through their technology, through either terraforming hostile wildlife to us. That could be a thing. That could Mm -hmm. be like they recognize that there's a society reforming that has somehow... Escape from under their noses, and they can't move against them militarily, but they can spice up the terraforming a little bit. That's what they have the equipment for. They can make more hostile wildlife that fights us. Right.
1: The observers, basically, they weren't going to have—they're like an outpost that was created, and they were just going to hang out for, like, hundred. like they only check in every few hundred years, maybe. Yeah. And they don't have—like— it's sort of it was a gamble in the first place this whole operation. So like they're not going to come send more resources to terraform the planet more. They just have to deal with what they've got to meet some sort of quota probably. Yeah. Um and what they what they have is the ability to they like um have like genetic material from their home planet.
0: Yeah. They would have like in lots of like basically chemicals that they use to put into the atmosphere to make it more suited for their life, yeah. plant samples, greenhouses. Maybe they're running a skeleton crew, basically, and they have to go through hibernation cycles, and that's how this society kind of creeped up out of the dirt. Is like while the aliens were in hibernation, um, this warlord came out of these I don't know vaults that we want to use, but like, like some sort of subterranean society, maybe. I think it. I think.
1: Uh, there probably would have been an organized response to... This is the thing, is when they had come to, with the first attack, they would have, with their superior technology, would have identified almost all, if not all, of the bastions that humans created Mm -hmm. and targeted them and and got rid of them. So there... So vaults probably wouldn't have worked. Um, Spaceships definitely wouldn't have worked because you could see that. Um, But uh, what might have worked is Mm -hmm. like small, like prepper communities that just had, because they didn't, they didn't nuke the place, right? No, They, they didn't. It was like, it was like targeted. It was like surgical, like millions of surgical attacks
0: they wiped out population centers and military strongholds and places that looked like they could pose a threat but these like tiny communities skate by yeah. like nowhere towns in the middle of montana and shit like that yeah okay or like the like far north of like canada like right. very heavily forested like small communities of people and that's who has inherited this new alien world yeah yeah ...are the survivors of yesteryear, but they've lost a lot of the knowledge, probably.
1: Yeah, they went through... They went through a period of time where, like... Uh, like, like, I think the aliens probably... Like, all the prepper communities, they went, they went underground, right? Into bunkers and shit, and... Mm. Um, they could only go underground for a certain amount of time, and, you know, maybe some of them stayed down there, but... The observers didn't have that much time either. Yeah. Like, they needed to conserve... um, They needed to conserve energy. Um, So... And then when everybody came out, there was a sort of, like... I want to say Walking Dead-esque period Mm -hmm. where there is, like, society that crops back up a little bit, but pretty quickly, like, after a few generations... Um, knowledge would just be lost.
0: Yeah, the brain drain. I mean, this isn't like a military compound that's training new scientists and engineers and doctors. These are people that maybe they have a doctor right. in their community. You know, any medicine that's handed down is something that has to be taught, and that's mm-hmm. you're going to lose that in the process. They have farmers. They have hunters. but They don't have specialized knowledge like that.
1: And, and all it takes is one disaster, and you lose everything.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> So we have this, um, we have this setting now where we have these two opposing factions of, like, the observer aliens that are in orbit. Mm -hmm. They're watching the planet. They're terraforming it. They're getting it ready for induction into their uh, intergalactic empire. Then you have these prepper communities that have survived basically by flying under the radar, and some of them have been banded together under a warlord. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could call him the Baron. Yes. And he has... Yes, the Baron. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Um, and he has like a Zeppelin maybe or just he, they use balloons basically as like th- he got a visionary or something. He, he has somebody who has
1: generational knowledge of a helium mine. Yeah. Right? So so he has the ability to harvest helium and put it in a Zeppelin.
0: And, like, in a world without cars, where, like, maybe you have horses, they're probably really valuable if you do. The ability to, like, see that far, to travel, the scout is, like, just invaluable.
1: It's, a, it's so incredibly good c- c- because we haven't talked that much about how the land would have changed. Yeah, I think that's what we should probably address next. Yeah. So you've got the baron and you've got these these new this, uh, tribes...
0: I think that they would I think tribes is a fair uh, statement at this point in the barren lands, yeah <laughs> oh okay, yeah, oh. like a confederation
1: um and uh only extends so far, and after that it's it's sort of still a wild west, there might be some other, but let's focus on the barren, um yeah, so what I would think that the aliens would want to do is. They would want to populate the planet with, like, the dumb thing to do, which is, you know, just the naive thing to do, would just be to try to replace entire ecosystems with the exact same life, right? Yeah. Like, the same, like, take, for instance, like, we have uh, forests that have oak, birch, and... Uh, pine oak birch pine sure and and the undergrowth is certain genuses and there's clover and there's and there's um, and they all form a life cycle an ecosystem yeah bugs so they would just try to transplant all of that at once um but I give the feeling like uh there would still be earth animals that survive yeah so I, I think we it would be we should talk about the alien species first and then start talking about
0: what about animals? Maybe these aliens evolved on a planet that it, their sun gives off like less radiation than ours. and so they're more sensitive to sunlight. And so one of the first things they do is they, uh, fuck with the atmosphere and make it so that there's basically like heavy cloud cover all the time. Okay. So it's a lot darker. It's a lot more imposing. Agriculture is trickier. So large scale settlements are trickier too.
1: Right. Um. So f- immediately, immediately, uh, large canopy trees would not succeed as much. Our large canopy trees. Mm-hmm. And. But they would also be less needed because you would you with more cover from clouds then uh, the sort of our native undergrowth would thrive more.
0: Yeah, you'd have shrubs, like uh, funguses would do a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like mycenaeum and shit like that. You'd get yeah. like huge like networks of mycenaeum growing under the ground. So it could be that like yeah. cultivating mushrooms is like a big um, mm. Like is like the agriculture staple moving forward, like slash nice. and burning, like big, low, short mushroom forests. Um, cool. I like that. I, I think
1: their species of large trees would probably be the ones that would probably succeed more than our, our, any plant species on earth. Mm-hmm. There would probably be these huge trees that maybe on their planet, mushrooms are a predominant like, undergrowth species. So maybe that's, that's also good for them. They plan for this. So these, these like, tall, um, sort of spindly trees that, um,
0: Ooh, they like, like, very like, veiny kind of like, they blow in the wind. It's like a big like, web over the sky. Yeah. Uh, ooh, (laughs) that's creepy. Yeah. Okay. Okay yeah
1: man maybe they don't need as much sunlight because they sort of spread out more yeah they spread they they like um whereas uh cloud uh tree cover on earth you you assume when you're going the canopy is going to basically be a covering and and where there's not a covering is Mm -hmm. like unique that's like a glade that's like a
0: glade uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's under a canopy. I guess it's potentially the, Um
1: The um, so there would be these huge, spindly trees that open up, and they've got a big canopy on top. And then there would just there would be like, they would just be um, enough space like near the base of the tree, and then there would be like these uh, for like really, really dark. Like murky um, plants and fungus. Yeah. And they maybe maybe the base is really wide too, so they can exist in like the dark side of the tree.
0: Ooh, what if the um, what is the name of the the, the fungus species that like hijacks ants? Oh god. What if yeah. they thrive in Cordyceps. this? Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Yeah. If they thrive in this and they start in mass killing off wildlife, like infecting oh wildlife, leading them in basically like. Swarms into the forests, and like they they drop dead there and feed these mushroom forests these yeah. biomes, oh God,
1: that's oh. terrifying
0: <laughs> it's like how humans used to like charge animals off of cliffs to hunt them, yeah. but it's like swarms of uh spore infected wildlife feeding these mushroom forests, mm-hmm. okay, so you kind
1: of have uh I don't want to necessarily lean into a sort of Last of Us kind of. By the way, go play Last of Us.
0: Yeah, play like It's a great game. It's a good game. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, the second one is too. Don't listen to what any YouTubers say about it.
0: That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just listen to what Donkey says. Listen to nobody else. Right. Uh, um, I just that would be a cool like geographical feature. Does I don't I don't think it's overwhelming the planet. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be one thing that the aliens would probably keep an eye on. Uh, maybe the Amazon is being overrun by that. Ooh. If this is Earth, yeah, um, which I'm okay with this being Earth. No, oh. it's
1: it strikes me if we have these, I'm, I'm definitely okay with this being Earth. Okay, because because just because a setting like this, it's so much easier to put it on Earth because you have points that you can think about yeah. where things happen. If you've got um,
0: the Amazon is. Uh, is close to the equator
1: it's not on the equator right
0: uh the equator runs through like brazil but like far like at the northern part of brazil is my right. I, i'm pretty sure like it goes to the horn of africa and uh
1: yeah but it's close which means that like in the summer in the well there's uh, summer and winter is kind of weird near the equator but yeah um there would be times of year where like The sun would go on all sides of these trees Mm -hmm. which would be a problem for a lot of species that would just want to grow on in in like almost total darkness Mm -hmm. but i think there's a species of these cordyceps that hijacks let's say ants because i think ants are cool sure and move around the tree like they they're living out of like they don't they don't go into an ant and force it to die they go into an ant and they like bloom out of it Uh, still alive it's
0: like a mobile forest yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah. that's scary so if if you go to the like if you take shelter on the bright side of these trees not knowing Mm. anything about the area okay and then later in the day the sun swings around and puts you in darkness this swarm of mushroom ants will just like just Wash over you, and probably g-
0: kill you and eat you. Eat you when you start to rot. So let's if we're gonna say that the, sh- the so we got the, the sort of the the plant life, this this explosion of of fungi and mycenaeum and and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Do, do we want to set the barren lands like we can say, our Montana like into Canada? Kind of makes sense to me. Could be cool. Yeah, a little bit further north where it's a bit colder. And mm-hmm. maybe in the aftermath of human predation. The like bison uh, herds have come back. Oh, like, yeah. it's like, some some wildlife would do well in in the aftermath of the because re- they didn't again we, they didn't nuke the planet they just took out human population centers.
1: Yeah, I think grass is hardy enough that it doesn't really matter how the sun goes. Like, grass is gonna grass is gonna live no matter what in some uh, in some state. Yeah, actually, the fact that uh, grass is planted all over at least. The western world Mm -hmm. and people's lawns and shit it would you would probably find like bison grazing in what used to be like suburbs
0: yeah totally they would like move from lawn to lawn oh that's cool so you could have like the the that could be one use the balloons have is tracking the, the bison herds across the midwest yes and, like, Canada has all these massive old-growth forests, too, mm-hmm. which, as they start to die, are a source of, of materials for these people, too, mm-hmm. for both fuel and for construction of, like, houses and everything. So, all right, we got plant life. We got an idea of how, kind of how the wildlife has been influenced by this. What else are the aliens doing to interact with the surviving humans? It's kind of I feel like that's, like, the next thing we have to nail down here. Uh, they're pretty hands-off.
1: Yeah. because they have a sort of um, it, it's the problem of if they do anything that would bring attention to the fact that they're doing anything that they're still around mm-hmm. there is the fear because they've seen how quickly the people can like bounce back sure there's the fear that there's going to uh, they're going to like retaliate against them mm-hmm. which they actually don't know if they can handle that With their current resources, okay. So,
0: they they might do they do a do they make do they do an avatar thing? That's what I was thinking. Is like do they try to uplift like a different group of humanity? Yeah, like almost in their own image, like a sort of like crossbreed or something. Well,
1: and do they send one of their own down in a sort of genetic? Genetic, uh, full-body makeup.
0: Ooh. Ooh, that's cool. That, yeah. Uh, what's What's the goal of this plant? Just to learn about what's going on or to actually, like, interact with us as an ambassador? Well, you could go down, you could steer society. You can actually go down and replace somebody.
1: Oh, God, if they replaced the Baron. <laughs> they could replace the Baron. I think I like the idea that people that, um... Actually, people wouldn't know about this.
0: No, yeah, they, I think there were rumors of a calamity. Like, mm-hmm. fires exploded in thousands of cities across the planet once, but nobody really knows what went down, per se. And Yeah. just mm, the world is very different now. Maybe they couldn't figure out how to replace
1: the Baron. And maybe they don't... See, maybe they don't want to replace the Baron, because maybe they realize that they can't really just like they're too connected right sure they can't they can't um it would be like it would be like someone stepping in to replace the president of the united states Mm -hmm. um anybody around them would probably be able to tell that they've changed just because there's so many people around them yeah and they have to know so much and they have so much interaction for their job i think someone in the baron's court is a plant okay Like, uh, maybe the court jester or something.
0: Yeah, it could be the court jester. That's cool. That's always, like, sort of uh, an excellent trope for this. The entertainer. Uh,
1: I don't know who else it would be,
0: really. I mean, people, like, intelligence is always, like, a a good target, of course, but that's sort of the person who'd kind of be most insulated from this. It'd also be the worst person to get hijacked, Mm -hmm. brain-wise. What if it's the baron's one of his sons oh like one of the heir presumptives like
1: yeah well the Baron would be kind of estranged from his sons uh just because he's so busy all the time yeah might not might not realize that one of them has changed or might attribute it to something completely different
0: yeah the son has stopped he started having weird dialogues with people about like what the old world looked like and like just like asking questions about like how do the bison know what place to go to next? And just Mm -hmm. like weird sort of leading questions about their society. Mm -hmm. And, and he's kind of, they let him do it because he's the Baron's son.
1: He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and the Baron's not suspicious. He actually thinks his son is just taking an interest like these are the questions of the leadership, right? Yeah. The, these are the kinds of things that, like, a really clever leader might want to know. So, mm-hmm. that's that's an heir apparent.
0: Yeah. But the the other brothers know. So yeah, no, yeah, I know. He knows. <laughs> the other brothers know
1: that either either the plant is is like that brother is cracked, or. Mm-hmm. Or like he's just not the same after a certain point. Like he's gone. He's he's like almost like maybe like mean to them. Like or just like it's too too nice. Like it it just doesn't, like, it doesn't there, make sense anymore.
0: There might have been more of a rivalry before, and now he's more like interested in like some, what what looks to others to be forward thinking for the good of the realm almost. Mm-hmm. But to them, they're like he's never given a shit about the like normal people. Yeah. He doesn't care about the bison or the, the herd habits. What's he doing? And this whole time, he's developing relationships within the, within the barren lands. Mm-hmm. He's scouting out other potential good plants for the aliens. Because I feel like they can't put too many plants down. I think they have to kind of win them over ideologically without actually possessing them. Because mm-hmm. their manpower is so limited. Well, I was thinking that this,
1: this is an alien.
0: Yeah. So yeah, 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 because there's only so many aliens that yeah. even come down. Yeah, yeah, no, th- yeah. that that's what I thought as well. Was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And he, he's but he's like winning people to him or oh, trying he's, to.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. So like almost as like potentially someday he could either, if not reveal himself, he could at least like pose as some sort of messianic figure. Right. So what? how much time we got? Uh we are
1: at oh, 38 minutes. Jeez. Okay, so we gotta. We should probably wrap up. Yeah, okay. I, and you know, I think the place to leave this mm-hmm. is that I know where this is going. I know where this, I know, and there's a pretty, there is a pretty climactic moment. Eventually the, like, it, we're pretty close to the second wave coming. Like, there's going to be a second attack of aliens, I think.
0: Yeah. But... Well, it's Earth Induction Day, you know, is coming. They have to be formally brought into the Empire. And
1: what better time for that to happen but the heir apparent of the Baron uh, rising to power.
0: Seizing power, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nothing like a good old succession to rile things up on the homeworld.
1: And and suddenly the Baron's other sons are, like, cast out and they are now... Basically, the the resistance against they and the people that are loyal to them are the resistance.
0: Hell, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have a a post post apocalyptic uh, North American kingdom, basically brought together through a chance technological innovation. And helium. <laughs> and based Zeppelins, which I'm glad I got to force into this somehow.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, um, you guys should start, just stop listening to the podcast right now. Go get a Zeppelin.
0: <laughs> yeah, please buy. <laughs> Become a Zeppelin pilot. There's only like 15 of them. It's a travesty. We, more, we need more Zeppelins. Helium is bad. We
1: actually don't have that much helium anymore. So maybe, maybe cool it.
0: Maybe put yourself on a waiting list. Nature is healing. The zeppelins are grazing in the sky. (laughs) Cloud cover is returning to the earth. The bison roam the plains. (laughs) Well, folks, that's our show. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every Saturday. And if you'd like, go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. Share us with all your worldbuilding friends. Say rude things about us. Bully us on Twitter. Yeah, we love that. That's good. Uh, our art is courtesy of the talented and wonderful Sheltor, at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. And you can tweet at us too, at LoreLads. And, you know, just let us know how you really feel about these dual episodes and all of the fires Belvin is lighting in the Ukraine. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. And as always, happy world building.